Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of the Maddie Wills and Friends podcast. I am your homie, your friend, your host, Maddie Wills, as the buttons are now working. I said I am your host, Maddie Wills. That's what I'm talking about. She's still not working. <laughs> I said, I am your host and your friend, Maddie Wills. There we go. That's what I, that's a proper reception. Man, I've been waiting to use that damn button all day, man. It, it wouldn't even work right off, off the bat. All right. Things are freezing early. Perfect start. Computer's freezing. I got my Pepsi. I got my... My Fritos here at 6.42. Now, I've really been good, doing good with my diet. I know I talk about my weight sometimes. I used to be real skinny. And, I mean, I, I guess I'm still kind of real skinny. This chair loud as hell. My goodness, let me switch this chair. What's going on this morning? The calves losing. Shit just... This goes to... All right. Okay. That's a quieter chair. All right, all right, okay, okay, here we go. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of the Maddie Wills and Friends podcast. I am your homie, your host, your friend, Maddie Wills. Shout out to the Cleveland Cavaliers. We know you guys fought hard last night, and we are not at all ashamed of what you guys brought to the table. Um, today, we're going to break that down. Today, we're going to break that down. It is Tuesday here in the land. June 13th, the day after the Cavaliers were eliminated from the NBA Finals by the Golden State Warriors. And it's going to be a no-friend Tuesday. I'm going to rock with y'all on the dolo side today. Um, that was my Pepsi. Shout out to them. They helped me every single morning. But uh, let's, let's just, let's just kind of get right. Let's just kind of get right into this today. So... <sighs> Big game last night. <laughs> it's over now. So let's just get right to it, man. I, I don't want to do this. Like, this is not going to be like a funeral procession for the Cleveland Cavaliers, man. Last night, and this is weird. Two years ago, after the Cavs were eliminated in six games, this is the same postseason where we lost Kevin Love to the horrific injury against the Boston Celtics, and then we lost Kyrie in game one against these same Warriors that we just lost to last night. I was a bitter guy. I was I was actually angry. Um, I could not watch any sports-related anything. No ESPN, no local Cleveland sports talk, nothing. And I still kind of feel, I still haven't watched uh, the celebrations last night. As soon as the clock hit zero, uh, I turned it off. I turned the television off and I went to sleep. So... I still have yet to see KD accept his NBA Finals MVP, which wasn't Steph Curry again, but we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. I haven't watched the Warriors receive their uh, Larry O'Brien trophy. Nothing. I still haven't seen it. I've been avoiding it on the Internet, and I'm, I'll watch it at some point today. It's inevitable, but I think I'll go on a little 
sport hiatus for for you know for a couple of days. It's only natural. But my point is, I don't feel nearly as bad as I felt two years ago when we were when we were eliminated by the same team. Now, part of that has to do with the fact that we actually won it last year. Uh, part of it has to do with the fact that we just played a team that. I'm not sure who in NBA history could have beaten that team in a seven-game series, which, you know, unfortunately speaking for the future, it's going to be very difficult, in my estimation, for anybody to knock off these Warriors as they are constructed. You're looking at a team that could very easily be a dynasty. They, just like the Cavs, have been to three straight NBA Finals. The Golden State Warriors have been to three straight NBA Finals, and they've won two out of those three. And with them adding Kevin Durant last offseason, it doesn't look like they'll be going anywhere anytime soon. The core of their team is intact. They are in their primes, 26 to 28 years old. Draymond Green, who didn't even have a great series, is the fourth best player on that team. Go figure. Maybe third. Maybe third after Clay. Clay didn't have a great playoff. Clay didn't have a great NBA Finals, but he did help them win games. And he is now a two-time NBA champion. But the Cavaliers have some decisions to make this offseason. First and foremost, they need to figure out what the hell they're doing with David Griffin. We all know, or at least if you pay attention, you know, that Cavaliers owner Dan Gilbert, he he'll spend money on some players, but it doesn't look like he's as willing to just throw tons of money at these upper management people. I, I don't know that he, uh, well, I don't think you can value anybody as much as you value LeBron James, but I don't know that, I don't know what's going to happen with David Griffin. If you don't know, David Griffin is the Cavaliers GM. His contract expires June 30th. Typically at this point, especially for a guy who just put together a team that went to three straight NBA finals, or help put together a team that went to three straight NBA Finals, they're locked in. But we've been hearing rumors of Griffin going to Orlando, which I think is probably where he'll go. I think that Orlando is probably throwing him tons of money, and it's duly noted and well reported that David Griffin, as a Cleveland Cavalier general manager, is making less than market value, which is asinine for a guy who put together a team again, or helped put together a team that's gone now to three straight NBA Finals. So the first thing on the Cavaliers' agenda for this offseason should be to lock up David Griffin. I would hope. I would hope. This is a guy who hasn't been afraid to pull the trigger on moves. This is a guy who is working with almost no money. If you look at the NBA contracts, I mean, the Cavaliers contracts, it's very top-heavy. Anytime you have a guy with the caliber of a LeBron James, obviously, he's going to get a bulk of the money. LeBron last year made almost $31 million. He's set to make $33 million in 2017, and then he can opt out of the 2018-2019 season, which is probably what he's going to do. But if he did stay under that contract, which he won't do, he'd be making $35 million. After this next season, LeBron will either, and this is just me being real, He'll either re-sign with the Cavs for a whole shitload of money, probably another two- or three-year deal where he'll be making around $40 million a season, or he can leave, 
and posse up with his his BFFs, which is well documented as a possibility. I'm talking about Chris Paul and Carmelo Carmelo Anthony, and all. Uh, all things point to them ending up in Los Angeles somewhere. I'm thinking the Lakers with Magic Johnson at the helm now. Or it could even be the Clippers since Chris Paul is already an active member of that team. But that's a little further down the line. LeBron James will suit up for the Cavaliers next season. And if the Cavs want to have another chance of winning an NBA championship which they will, but if they want to have a real chance of actually competing with the team that just beat them, they're going to have to figure some things out this offseason. First of all, let's go back to these these games that we just played. First of all, LeBron James, we learned... Let me take a swig of this Pepsi. I don't know what the slogan is for Pepsi, but if I did know it, I'd be singing it right now because, damn, I love Pepsi. All right, I digress. Listen, we learned a couple of things over these past couple of weeks in the NBA Finals. The first thing that we learn is an affirmation of something that we already do knew. LeBron James is still the best player in the world, period. It's not Kevin Durant. It for sure isn't Steph Curry. It's LeBron James. In the 2017 NBA playoffs, LeBron led everybody in total points scored with 591. He led everybody in total assists with 141, you're talking about a small forward who people are talking or are, are questioning whether or not he's lost a step or if he's re- been replaced as the best player. He led everybody in points and led everybody in assists. By the way, he's a small forward and he led everybody in assists. You know who led everybody in total rebounds? It's a guy that I'm about to flambe, Kevin Love. Where the hell was he at last night? 30 minutes? Six points? In a closeout game? Kevin Love? We'll get to Kevin Love in a minute. Very disappointed. Woke up. My boy Ron, who's been on the show before, he'll be on the show again. I woke up to a text from him saying, bro, they got to get rid of Love. And... When you're going to play, inevitably play, against a team the caliber of the Warriors about 12 months from now for another NBA championship, getting rid of one of the best rebounders in the NBA doesn't sound like such a smart move. However, when you're playing a team that routinely puts up 120, 130 points, you need scoring. And Kevin Love did not put the ball in the basket last night. Granted, going into that game, he was averaging 18.5 points per game in the NBA Finals, which was a 10-point boost over what he gave us last year when we actually beat him. But what does that tell you? Kevin Love scores 8.5 points a game, and we beat the, the Warriors. Uh, granted, they did add Kevin Durant. But then he boosts that up to 18.5 points a game, and we lose in a five. I think it kind of speaks to his worth on our team. But there's, for damn sure, last night we needed more out of him. You play 32 minutes, or you play 30 last night. Six points? A negative 23 plus minus? 
That ain't going to get it done. That ain't going to get it done. The NBA Finals MVP, Kevin Durant. In the series, 35.2 points, 8.4 rebounds, 5.4 assists, and 1.6 blocks per game. He balled. And now we know how this goes, right? The best player in the series was clearly LeBron James. Over 33 points, over 12 rebounds, 10 assists. He averaged a triple-double and still added a block and over a steal per game. LeBron James is still clearly the best player in the world. Those last, what, four or five possessions when he saw that Kyrie just ran out of gas, which is what happened, and nobody else, and I mean nobody else, down the stretch in the fourth quarter could score a bucket. J.R. Smith was giving, giving good work last night. But LeBron James showed why he is the best player. He bully-balled them, which led me to believe, led me to question, rather, where the hell was that in the first half? LeBron James, dubbed the movie guy, made a good point before game five. He said he could see LeBron mailing it in last night. And while we didn't see that, I understood where he was coming from. We've seen that before out of LeBron. But I think I think the LeBron that just completely mailed in his performance against the Boston Celtics back in 2009, I think that LeBron is, is no longer with us. But I did see where he was coming from. The Cavs could have easily given up last night. Easily. But they didn't, and LeBron didn't. Now, in the first half, I feel like he was saving his legs a little bit for down for you know the last 12 minutes of basketball, but he definitely took some plays off in the first half talking about LeBron. And you hate to see that out of your leader. I don't know if Mike ever took plays off. Again, I was a kid when Mike was playing. So it's hard for me. I don't think Kobe took plays off. I don't think he did. But... That's neither here nor there. Kevin Love, we'd like to get more production out of him going into what could be or what and what ended up being the last game of the season for the Cavaliers. Six points in 30 minutes. That ain't going to get it done if if you want to make the kind of money that Kevin Love is making. And we're about to break down some contracts in just a couple of minutes. But Steph Curry has now been in three straight NBA Finals. He won MVP back-to-back of the league. He was the first unanimous MVP of the NBA for last regular season. And he has now gone three straight trips to the NBA Finals without a Finals MVP. He has been outplayed by both LeBron James and one of his teammates in three consecutive years in the NBA Finals. Now, that's not to say that he didn't have a stellar performance Over these last five games, 26.8 points, eight total rebounds, 9.4 assists, just a hair under averaging a triple double. Also totaled more than two steals per game. Steph Curry was pretty sensational over the course of the series, minus game four, where the Cavaliers just beat the shit out of the Warriors. But as it turned out, that game four performance from the Cavaliers simply saved a little face. That's it. The best team won this series, which is why I love the NBA, and I love the way the NBA is set up. I love the way the playoff system in the NBA is set up. The best team wins. Anytime you say, listen, whoever gets to four wins first wins the series, 
99% of the time, the best team is going to win that series. Now, I love the fact that we went into this NBA Finals relatively injury-free. I know Kyrie got banged around in the first half last night, but that's what's going to happen. I mean, you've been playing basketball for 10 months or whatever the hell it's been. You're not going to feel great every night. But relatively injury-free. Shout out to Kevin Durant. You know, as much as I think he's a sucker for making that move, blowing a 3-1 lead and then joining the team that beat you 3-1, as much as I think he's a sucker for that, I'm proud that he got his first title. I actually rooted for Kevin Durant back in 2010. Was it 2011? 2011, when they lost to the Miami Heat after LeBron had went and clicked up with, you know, Wade and Bosh. It was LeBron's first NBA championship. I actually rooted for Kevin Durant in that series because I was so mad at LeBron, but... Congratulations to Kevin Durant for getting that title. What about Klay Thompson? Am I the only one that thinks that Klay Thompson looks, he doesn't look like he's really having that much fun out there? I know we've lamented his great defense over the course of this series. In the first two games, he really did have Kyrie Irving shook up and tied up. But it doesn't look like he's having fun. Kevin Durant has taken a lot of shots, obviously. Second best player in the world. Taking a lot of shots from that used to be Clay's. So that might have something to do with it. Clay is signed for the next two seasons, so it's not like he's about to just, you know, become a free agent and bounce. But I don't know. I don't know that he's. I don't know. In the moments of the game, maybe it's because he was struggling shooting. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I think if there's any of the four. Of, the, of their big four, talking about Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant, if I had to guess which one would leave first, it would probably be, be Clay. I mean, he's kind of been relegated to, you know, fourth fiddle. He's, he's being utilized as just the defensive stopper on the perimeter. He's been relegated to Bruce Bowen. Now, he can shoot a hell of a lot better than Bruce Bowen, but that's no shade to Bruce Bowen either. The San Antonio Spurs needed Bruce Bowen to win some of those championships. So maybe maybe he's fine. Maybe he stays. Maybe that's just his, de- his demeanor. But I don't know. I, I thought that looking at Clay, not only last night, but over the course of the series, over the course of the playoffs, he doesn't look particularly happy. But maybe he is. Maybe he is. So moving forward... For the Cavs, you're going to hear a lot of talk about LeBron James not wanting to be here after next season. Excuse me. Maybe maybe he does. Maybe he does stick it out and finish his career here. If I had to give you my guess, I'd say no. I'd say he probably plays here for another two years. Maybe just next year and leaves. And if he does go, I'm not going to be upset. The man has already given us 11 seasons. He's taken us to the NBA Finals four times. Granted, he's only won one of them, but he's just not out there playing one-on-one. He's been playing some pretty sweet teams. 
This Warriors team is an all-time team. Like, we can't hang our heads at all about what happened last night. Cavs fans, we cannot hang our heads at all. LeBron James has helped us go to three straight NBA championships and, well, you know, help, helped us compete for three straight NBA championships. He brought us one. It was the first title this city has seen in over 50 years. So how can we be mad at him if he wants to leave? He's going to give it one more solid go. We know that for sure. But beyond that, we really don't know. And to be completely honest with you, I'm not going to spend too much time worrying about it or losing sleep about it. Not like before. Not like when I was working at Red Lobster and the decision. Like, who the hell does that? The decision was coming on at 6 o'clock or whatever it is, and I have to listen. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to buy a six-pack of beer, and I have to go sit in front of my TV as an NBA player tells me what he's about to do next season. Doesn't even sound right. It <laughs> doesn't even sound like some shit a grown-up should be doing, but that's how much I was invested in his decision back in 2010. But now, if you want to leave, leave, bro. I mean, we appreciate the good times. Now I, I, I'm going to appreciate, maybe it's because I'm older, maybe it's because he helped us actually get a championship and he delivered on what he said he was going to do in his letter, uh, you know, preluding his return back to the land, but... I don't know. I'm not going to lose sleep over LeBron James's next decision. I actually I actually wouldn't mind seeing him in a Laker uniform because the Lakers are important to the NBA. The Boston Celtics are back into form, but the Los Angeles Lakers are not. They are not. So let's talk about this offseason for the Cavaliers. Number one priority, re-signing David Griffin. If they cannot re-sign David Griffin, I almost fear who the hell they're going to bring in here because now we're late to the party. Everybody else has been off for a month and a half. The Cavaliers just got into their offseason, and we all know the players aren't going to do anything for weeks. You know, LeBron's probably about to go you know, with Savannah and the kids and they're about to go to Hawaii or wherever they're going to go, spend a couple of weeks or a week or whatever. Um, all of the players under contract are good. But what what's what's happening? Okay, say we don't re-sign David Griffin and we have to bring in a new GM. First of all, who the hell is even available that you are going to have confidence in helping you construct a team to battle one of the greatest teams of all time? I have no idea. That's the first thing. The second thing is, we all know that LeBron James is a small forward slash GM slash president slash owner slash coach slash everything. So I'm not saying that LeBron James handpicks who he wants to play with, but I am saying that whoever's in charge probably pays a lot of attention to what LeBron James wants. He probably gets a moderate amount of input from LBJ in terms of who he wants to help him compete for the next NBA title. One of the biggest issues, or probably the biggest issue for the Cavs heading into this offseason is their inability to have, or not inability, but just they, they don't have any money to spend. Everybody's 
signed to these large contracts here. The Cavs are already so far over the salary cap. They're playing, paying over $100 million in luxury tax, which is a tax that you pay once you proceed. Proceed? Proceed? Once you, <laughs> once you spend more on your team than the NBA rules allow. If you, once you start spending more than the NBA rules allow, you have to pay a luxury tax, which is millions of dollars. I think it's around $120 million that the Cavs are just paying just for paying what they're paying for their players. I know. I don't really understand it either, to be honest with you. I really don't. But when you look at this season, or next season, 2017-2018 season, you got LeBron James making over $30 million at 33. You got Kevin Love making $22 million, who I'm about to break down right now. You got Kyrie making close to $19 million. Tristan Thompson is making $16 million. This is for one year. J.R. Smith is making $13 million. Amon Shumpert is making $10 million. That $10 million contract for Amon Shumpert, Eesh. Eesh. Did he give you $10 million worth of production in the NBA Finals? I don't know that he did. That $22 million contract that Kevin Love is about to get going into next season. You know, he was making close to that last season. Did Kevin Love give you $21 million worth of production in the NBA Finals? Not last night he didn't. Not with those six points. You know, I hate to beat up on Kevin Love, but you gotta find you gotta find what didn't work. And it's not my fault that he only scored six damn points in a closeout game. That's not my fault. If LeBron James only scores six points right now, the or last night, the whole damn world would be on fire. If Kyrie Irving scored six points last night, we'd all be begging to trade him. Kevin Love scored six points last night in a closeout game in the NBA Finals. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. Not only that, but you're going to have some holes. Players not signed after this season. Kyle Korver, but the Cavs do own the bird rights to him, which means that he'll probably stay a Cavalier. Darren Williams currently is not under contract for next season. For almost two years, all the Cavs talked about was they needed a backup point guard to Kyrie Irving. Darren Williams, I believe, is a solid fit for that role. He's probably one of the best backup point guards you'll find in the NBA. Probably a top five. Easy almost. Talk about a backup point guard. Darren Williams can start on most teams. Got to keep him under contract. Players not signed after next season. Channing Frye and Derrick Williams. And I'm just talking about players who were large parts of the rotation going into this season. LeBron James can obviously opt out after next season. Kevin Love set to make $22 million next year. That's something that the Cavaliers have to look at very hard. Can the Cavaliers find a way to turn Kevin Love's contract into multiple players that could help compete for a title? I don't know. It's a lot of money to pay a, a, point, a, a power forward. It's a lot of money to pay a power forward who disappears in big games. I feel like I'm beating up on Kevin Love, but he only scored six points last night. So what the hell do you want me to do? Six. Six. He scored six points. Shit, man. 
J.R. Smith, I love him, I love him. That boy showed up big the last three games. Easily the Cavaliers' third best scoring option in the series after the first couple of games. He's set to make $13 million next year. I think that's fair. I think J.R. Smith is fine. Does he start at the two guard all year? You know, I don't have an issue with that, but I need him to return to form a little bit. It took him a while to get going this series. Hasn't really had the impact that he had last year. Remember, he went into 16 with holding out. And I was telling I was telling somebody, I think it was Has. Whenever a player holds out baseball, basketball, football, to start the season, and they don't start the season with their guys in all of the, the preseason workouts and, and, and mini camps and football and all of that and training camps and are not there during preseason and all of that. Whenever that happens, there's a good chance that that player is not going to have one of their typical seasons. And JR didn't have one of his typical seasons. Now, granted, we've lamented before that he's gone through a lot personally. And, of course, I take that into account. But I need J.R. Smith to return to that guy who was a fearless shooter, who made teams respect him on the floor at all times because it just does so much for the spacing on the floor. And it also keeps him on the floor. And he's become a, a good, a more than adequate, adequate defender. I know at times when you're playing the Warriors, it doesn't look like it, but those are the Warriors. It's an all-time great team right there. But I need J.R. Smith to come into the postseason next year with a little bit more of a rhythm and give us a little bit more in terms of just knocking down those crazy threes. That's, that's what he does. He did it last night. He did it for the last three games. We need him to do that over the course of a season. Amon Shumpert could be the odd man out, making $10 million, and I don't really know what his worth is to this team at this point. His defense has suffered at times during this last season, he almost looked incompetent out there on the floor. And that's not me being a hater. It's just for a guy who doesn't have a tremendous amount of skills offensively, yes, he can put the ball on the in the basket. Yes, he's a rim shaker when he has a wide open lane. But he's not your uh, you know off the dribble uh, uh, deep threat. He doesn't. He he's not a guy offensively that you have to say, all right, and remember they have Iman Shumpert out there. He's more of a guy that when you lose him in rotation and he knocks it down and you, you just tip your hat and say, oh, yeah, well, he can't make that shot. That's about it. That's about it. I like Shump, though. I like Shump. I like him a lot. I'm just trying to think in terms of beating the Warriors. Iman Shumpert cannot help you beat the Warriors. He can't. We need firepower. Amon Shumpert does not bring us firepower. Two big names on the trade block this offseason. Potentially that the Cavaliers could look at. Hopefully that they will. But they're only going to come via the trade. One is Paul George in Indiana. With Larry Bird departing from that organization, it could be foreseeable for PG to want to, to bounce as well. He's got one more year under contract, so it would have to be a trade. 
Let me make sure that's just one more year. So it would have to be a trade. Jimmy Butler, another guy. So Paul George is under contract for next year, and then he has a player option for 2018, and he's going to opt out of that player option. He'd only be eligible, well, he'd only make $20 million, I say only, for 2018, 2019, but the uh, salary caps and everything, they're all going up. Steph Curry's probably going to sign a $200 million contract this offseason. Paul George is one of the premier scorers in the NBA. By 2018, 2019, if he stays on the course that he's on, he's going to be worth probably $15 million a season, more than $20 million. He's in line to make 19 next year, which is less than Kevin Love. And he's a better player than Kevin Love. So he's probably going to want to get traded because he's probably going to imply that he's not going to stay in Indiana regardless. So Indiana is not going to want to see him walk. And they're going to trade him much like the Denver Nuggets traded Carmelo Anthony all those years ago. So Paul George could be a guy that you look at and say, hey, they added Kevin Durant. We need to add firepower. Who was available to help us add the most firepower? Paul George, for my money, is probably that guy. Another guy that you're going to hear is Jimmy Butler. I'm pulling up Jimmy Butler's contract right now. I didn't have it ready. My apologies. But Jimmy Butler is another guy that you could say, hey, he's long. What is he, 6'8"-ish? He can help defend Kevin Durant. He's also an apt scorer. He can drain the long ball. He can score inside. He plays with force. He could help spell LeBron at times. Jimmy Butler would almost be a perfect fit here. Again, he's not coming here for free. He signed through 2018, 2019, so he's a little bit of a different situation. He signed for 17 and he signed for 18. But with Chicago rebuilding, with Dwayne Wade not bringing them the pizzazz that they hoped that he would, with Rajon Rondo's injuries and him just not being able to be that scorer that they that you can rely on to help you win big games. Now, no shade at Rajon Rondo at all. He's a top five, six, seven point guard in the NBA. He's just not going to help you win a championship as the premier scorer. If Je- if the Chicago Bulls do, in fact, want to rebuild, Jimmy Butler will be traded. He was almost well rumored to be traded before the deadline this last offseason. He could be a potential fit for the Cavaliers moving forward. Whether or not the Cavs can make a move on him remains to be seen. Neither of those guys are coming without giving up one of the big three, though. And that's going to be the problem. Unless Indiana is ready to just take on a bunch of expiring contracts, which they won't, they're going to want somebody that they can help build upon. When you trade a superstar, you want to get somebody back that you can help build upon. Now, you're also going to hear rumors about, or not rumors, maybe, more speculation, about the Cavs considering to trade Kyrie Irving. I think that'd be the dumbest shit they could do, just to be completely frank with you. Kyrie Irving is the future of the Cavaliers. Whether or not you think he can win by himself, you know, I I agree, he probably can't. No point guard can win by themselves. Look at Steph Curry. Look at Steph Curry. Steph Curry, the first unanimous MVP. He's a point guard, though. He's got two league MVPs and no finals MVPs. 
It's because point guards can't win you championships by themselves. So when you say that Kyrie Irving is not going to be able to lead this team to a championship by himself, you're absolutely right. Nobody can. Steph Curry can't do it. You say he won it two years ago. Yeah, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love were out. You saw what happened when they played Cavs in seven. So what did the Warriors do? They went and added Kevin Durant. What does Kevin Durant do to Steph Curry? Makes him the second best player on his own team. Point guards can't win championships by themselves. That doesn't mean you trade Kyrie Irving. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. You keep Kyrie Irving. He's probably the best ball handler I've ever seen. (laughs) Ball handler, such a funny word because I'm immature, but... He's probably the best ball handler I've ever seen. And I'm a huge fan of Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, one of the sick... Allen Iverson, probably the sickest crossover. But the way Kyrie keeps his dribble alive, the way Kyrie can go around the back between his legs, I don't know. I don't know. In a shooting exhibition, it'd be a hell of a show between Kyrie and and Allen Iverson in his prime. But you don't trade Kyrie Irving. You don't. Kyrie Irving, besides LeBron James, was the only guy that showed up that you could actually count on to score points in these finals this year and last year. Kyrie Irving is forever a Cavalier legend for making that three from the right wing over Steph Curry to help secure Game 7 a season ago. You don't trade Kyrie Irving. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Remember I told you, but you don't trade Kyrie Irving. Kevin Love, (laughs) that's a different story. That's a different story. One more time, you're listening to the Maddie Wills and Friends podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Please like, subscribe, follow. There are no friends today. I am your friend. (laughs) I am your friend today. But I just wanted to do a quick NBA Finals recap and Cavaliers preview for the next little bit of time. It was a hell of a season, and we appreciate everything that the the, the Cavs did. I'm a fan first. I do this podcast for fun. This is not my job. I do this shit for fun. As a fan, I can honestly say I am not disappointed. Uh, Maybe disappointed, but I'm not upset at all. First of all, we won last year. This feeling does not replicate what I felt two years ago when the Cavs lost in six. I was angry. I was bitter. I was hurt. I was mad at the basketball gods for taking two of our best three players away from us in that series. This year is a different feeling. It's a different sensation. I mean, we won last year. We just lost to a team that could likely go down as the best overall team, best starting five the league has ever seen. I'm not mad about that. Cavs have to regroup. They got a couple of things to focus on. What are they going to do with their general manager, David Griffin? Is he staying or is he going? What talent are you going to add to this group of guys to help push you over the edge against the Warriors? Can't sit flat this offseason. Can't bring back these same group of guys and expect to beat the Warriors next season. It's not going to happen. You need to add some scoring. You need to add something. I'd like to see a three to help spell LeBron. I'd like to see a small forward or a shooting guard that's around 6'6 to 6'8 that can score and help rest LeBron. 
It's all about LeBron in the finals. You got to let him be optimal at the time that we need him to be. I'm not blaming last night's game on LeBron, but there were times in the first half where LeBron could have made different decisions to shake up the score a little bit and not let these guys get to running. He left a couple of wide open. I'm not blaming LeBron. I'm not blaming LeBron. But he can't lead the league in minutes again next year. I'm sure he's proud that at the age that he is, he's able to do that and not, you know, suffer for it. But when he doesn't play within a game, when he sits, the Cavs just don't, they're just not as good. They're just not as good. So. They have to deepen outside of re-signing David Griffin or figuring out figuring out who's going to be his replacement. They have to figure out a way to deepen this team while working around these ridiculous contracts that they have laid out. And I say ridiculous, not blaming anybody. It's inevitable that the contracts are the, the, the way that they are. But you have the highest payroll in the NBA, in NBA history, in fact, but you don't have the best team in the league, and that's a problem. So you got to figure that out. A lot of that is just kind of the way the cards fell. A few years ago, the Warriors were able to re-sign Steph Curry for a discount because he had all these ankle injuries and he hadn't started to to blossom into what he is now. Now he's about to re-up. In a couple of years, the Warriors are going to have the same problems that the Cavs are having right now, but they're not there yet. They're younger. They have more flexibility financially. So it'll be a tough go. But the Cavs have to find a way to deepen this team while not losing anything at the top. They have to figure it out. Or this same scenario that we just watched will play out again next season. And if the Cavs lose again to the Warriors, I'd almost bet money that LeBron's heading his way out of here. Can't see him leaving if we win. I'd almost bet money that he'd leave leave if we dropped two in a row. All right, I just wanted to get that one out. Not much hip-hop, well, no hip-hop today. I wanted to get that one out. I wanted to do that dolo. I appreciate you you guys letting me vent about the Cavs. Um, Later this week, we'll get back to our regular. We'll talk to Dub the Movie Guy on Friday, get you set for this weekend. New music has has been coming out. Um, that Scissor album is pretty dope. If you're not hip to her, you need to get hip. She kind of has, to me, a little flowetry vibe. Like a little flowetry vibe. I don't know if y'all hip to flowetry, but I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of them. And Scissor kind of her album kind of gives me that vibe. You should check that out. Also, Lil Wayne. He's still hollering. <laughs> Don't you still hollering? We'll talk about that in a couple days, man. I, I had to get this Cavalier. I had to I had to get it out so that we can move on forward and I don't have to sit up here and, and be upset and let this linger. We'll get this out. We'll get some reaction from some friends later this week. 
But I needed a woosah moment. I needed a woosah moment. So I appreciate y'all letting me do that. One more time, if you're listening on SoundCloud, man, you can tell when I'm hungry because I can't talk. If you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, please hit like, subscribe, share, whatever it's asking you to do. Do that for me one time. Don't be mad at the Cavs, man. Shout out to the Cavaliers. Actually, shout out to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They took us to three straight NBA championships. Um, or took they took us to compete for three straight NBA championships. They brought us a championship last season. Before LeBron came back, this town was so hung up on being the cursed sports city and all of that. We just went to the finals three straight years. The curse is gone. The curse is gone. We won one of them boys. The Indians went to the World Series last year. The curse is gone. The Browns about to turn it around this season. Let's get it, man. Let's get Let's stop hanging our heads. We're not that town anymore. We're not that town anymore. So I don't want to hear that narrative anymore. I don't want my city to be painted like that anymore. We good? Bro, we just lost to a team that won 73 games and then added Kevin Durant. We're not the only ones that lost to the Warriors this season, this postseason either. We good, trust me. Trust me, we good. Cavs need to figure out a way to keep David Griffin. If they can't, they need to figure out a way to still add talent, scoring talent to this basketball team during this offseason. And they'll figure something out. But one thing is for sure, we can't go back into the finals next season and play this Warriors team with this same group of group of guys that we just tried to compete with. It's it's not going to fare well for us if that's what we do. Got to figure out a way to add some scoring talent and the Cavs will figure that out, I'm sure. Shout out to all the Cleveland Cavaliers. Thank you for your memories of this season. We appreciate everything you guys have done for us. That's it. I'm a slot. One more time. My name is Maddie Wills. I appreciate you guys for listening. Yo, if they never told you the only thing you can spend in this world and never get back is your time. So if you're going to spend your time doing something, please make sure that it's worth it. I'm going to holler at y'all. Peace. <laughs>